Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. I'm Audrey Cooper, the editor-in-chief of the San Francisco Chronicle, and today we have breaking news about public corruption charges in San Francisco city government. Longtime Public Works Director Mohamed Nuru, who served under many mayors since Willie Brown, was arrested by the FBI and accused of various kickback schemes. Also arrested in the probe was Nick Bovis, the owner of the famous Lefty O'Doul's Bar, which for years was located in Union Square. Nuru has been unique in City Hall because he survived so many administrations and became the DPW chief under the late Ed Lee. Privately, past city leaders have told me this is because he would execute any mayor's wish from filling potholes to cleaning sidewalks of homeless people in early morning hours. Joining me today to talk about this City Hall bombshell is reporter Evan Cernofsky and columnist Heather Knight. Welcome, guys. Thanks for having us. Evan, what is... Mohamed Nuru accused of in this complaint. So he and his co-defendant in this case, Nick Bovis, a famed restaurateur, as you mentioned, in San Francisco, are charged with, with honest services wire fraud. Now, this is a public corruption charge, a federal charge um, given down by the U.S. Attorney's Office uh, after a years-long investigation by the FBI. And uh, separately, Nuru is also charged with lying to the FBI. He was actually arrested on January 21st last week and told uh, not to mention anything, not to interfere in the investigation. Uh, Authorities allege that upon his release, he immediately told several people about um, his arrest And then when he was questioned about it uh, later, he lied to the authorities. And and, and do you have any idea how long this probe has been going on? Yeah, we know that the FBI has been investigating Nuru and Bovis since at least January 2018, when the two allegedly began a scheme together to um, pay off an airport commissioner in order to get a business, Bovis's business, into the airport, a, a restaurant um, into the airport. And how does the director of public works, the guy who's filling the potholes and cleaning the streets, get involved with the guy who owns the the weird pastrami restaurant <laughs> in Union Square? I, I believe it's corned beef. Okay, actually. whatever. <laughs> corned beef and cabbage, famously. But look, we don't know a lot about their personal relationship. This 70-page, uh, excuse me, 78-page criminal complaint, though, uh, details a lot in the last two years of how they were working together. Um, they apparently, um, Mohammed Nuru and Bovis worked, as I mentioned, uh, to try to pay off this airport commissioner, which ultimately ended up being a failed endeavor, but still a crime in the eyes of the U.S. Attorney's Office. Um, we also know that Bovis uh, had other business ventures, including this um, uh, building these uh, public toilets, one, one of which was uh, uh, built to resemble the famed Painted Ladies in San Francisco. And part of the allegation is that 
Nuru would provide him the specs for what they needed, Public Works, which was in charge of these toilets, uh, and then Bovis's company could go and start filling those specs when it came time for a legitimate fair bidding process. Uh, Bovis's company was already well ahead. Uh, we also know that um, Mohammed Nuru was on the um, Trans Bay Joint Power Authorities Board. I think that's what the the trans <laughs> sounds right. Yes, yeah, um, close enough. That. Um, the people in charge of the, the, the people in charge of the transit yeah, transit center, and famously that got a lot of attention, and that board got a lot of attention when um, they had a cracked beam and had to shut for a number of months. Well, um, over that same period of time, Muhammad Nuru was allegedly um, scheming to help Bovis get his business in in there at the same time. So we don't know a lot of the details about you know exactly what the business was going to be and and what their personal relationship was like. Um, but we do know from this complaint that uh, they were allegedly working together for a number of years, at least, um, in, in these sort of uh, large-scale public corruption schemes. And one thing uh, I want to note as well, uh, um, Bovis is obviously famous, Lefty O'Doul's is obviously famous for the uh, Christmas toy drive every year the firefighters and the mayor go down to there's a, a, a image on twitter i saw recently uh, of bovis and nuru together at that toy drive so it, it's clear that they also had you, you know, had to drink bring the toy drive <laughs> into it evan i mean this story is so incredible i mean y you actually just said public toilets fashioned to look like the painted <laughs> ladies i feel like only in san francisco could something that weird happen but there are also allegations of free tractors $2,000 bottles of wine, envelopes of cash, all of which is on uh, SF Chronicle, the stories that you've written. I mean, what 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 is the detail that was most shocking to you? Are there any? Nothing shocks you anymore, I know. But if, if it did, what would it be? Look, I think it's really an accumulation of all the small pieces, right? I mean, you have one of the most visible public figures in San Francisco, somebody that's been around for two decades that, you know, people know, not just reporters, everyday San Franciscans see Muhammad Nuru out and about. Um, and you have these allegations, the, these, you know, whole stack of... Uh, different allegations involving these uh, these kickbacks, these payoffs, these bribes from you know billionaire Chinese developers to um, you know local restaurateurs. I mean, each thing by itself is shocking on its own, but compiled together, I think there's about five you know really striking allegations of um, of schemes here that that really took a lot of people. In, in City Hall uh, by surprise. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you about, Heather. I mean, we've covered a number of public corruption scandals in City Hall, I'm, I'm sad to say. <laughs> and sometimes in the newsroom, we're surprised, but sometimes we're not that surprised. What was the reaction like in City Hall today? Uh, most people were surprised. We usually have an inkling that some, something is coming, and that wasn't the case this time. Even supervisors and the mayor says she was caught off guard. Um, Nobody is at least acknowledging that they knew anything was going on. And if they've really been investigating for two years, it's kind of a surprise that such a tight lid was kept on the whole thing. Now, city administrators or city leaders of department heads like Mohammed Nuru, they don't usually last all that long. Why did Mohammed Nuru seem to have such a long career in San Francisco City Hall? 
Yes, he's been tight with the past four mayors. Willie Brown, Gavin Newsom, Ed Lee, and now London Breed have all really embraced him and kind of let him run the show however he wanted to at the Public Works Department. And it sounds like that's because he was their um, go-to guy to get things done. As I've written about many times, the tiniest thing at City Hall can take months or even years to get done. And he did not go with that. He would immediately respond to any text or call from a mayor any time of day. If there was something dumped on a corner, if there was a homeless encampment they wanted cleared, if there was, you know, a mess on a particular sidewalk that a big event was going to happen on the next day, he would immediately say, yes, I've got it. And it would be cleaned up. And they really liked having that go-to department head when so many of them are just pontificating and having meetings all day. There, He wasn't liked by everybody in City Hall, though. And you have some quotes in your column today, um, particularly Supervisor Matt Haney. But even during the mayoral election, a lot of candidates were very critical of the state of cleanliness. And and this is a man whose Twitter handle was literally <laughs> Mr. Clean yes. SF. Kind of ironic now. Um, right. So I've talked to both um, a lot of supervisors aren't saying much, but um, Supervisor Hillary Ronan and Matt Haney both had some pretty striking quotes for me in um, my column that's online right now um, about how they've been so frustrated trying to get their districts, the mission and the tenderloin cleaned and just constant complaints from residents about everything from feces to um, dirt and just strewn trash everywhere, trash cans that are broken and falling apart and he wouldn't fix those. Um, just uh, real frustration in trying to get anything as simple as a new trash can on a corner installed. And so they've been frustrated as a regular San Francisco about how dirty our city is and wondering how this huge department is not able to get a better handle on it. And this isn't surprisingly the first time he's been accused of wrongdoing. There's a particularly funny one that's that's maybe not uh, outright corruption, but very strange that you have in your column uh, online right now that says Public Works paid 410000 to a PR firm to conduct a survey of the city's streets and found that they were sparkling <laughs> clean. Um, you, you nicely don't point out what terrible PR firm did the survey. Uh, clearly not anyone who's been around Fifth and Mission. But he also had been dragged up in some actual allegations of misappropriation of funds. Right. The Chronicle back in 2004 broke a story that a nonprofit he ran called Slug, um, strange, uh, he was hired from um, that gardening and cleaning nonprofit into City Hall and meanwhile was telling um, Slug workers to vote for Gavin Newsom and to campaign for him for mayor, which is not allowed. And that really never went anywhere at City Hall. It was just one more example of um, red flags being raised about him and yet mayor's continuing to promote him. I'm speaking with columnist Heather Knight and Evan Cernofsky about the latest public corruption scandal hitting City Hall. We'll be right back after this break. So, Heather, I want to come back to what morale is like right now in DPW. Can you explain to everybody? I mean, this is a huge part of city government. I think there's like 1,600 employees, which would, again, surprise anyone who's looking for somebody to clean a sidewalk in San Francisco. But there are a lot of employees. What is morale like under Mohammed, and, and what were they saying today in City Hall? Uh, they weren't really returning calls. <laughs> so I don't know, but I'm guessing morale is not good today. Historically, he's run a really tight ship. He demanded loyalty and he got it from a lot of his staff who um, would just, you know, go along with him. He was pretty beloved, nice, jovial guy who was out and about all the time, um, easy to talk to. 
But I've heard from people that he demanded total loyalty. And if you didn't show that, then you were transferred or demoted or, you know, there would be problems for you. So similarly to how he did whatever mayors asked him to do, he expected the same for people reporting to him. So the current mayor, Mayor London Breed, uh, was out today, I think, at a public park event. Um, she was asked about uh, this. And, and what did she have to say about Mohabend and DPW? She um, said that she was surprised, by all accounts, didn't know this was coming. She's directed an examination of all contracts he may have been involved in to ensure that no others are uh, problematic. And she's expected to appoint an interim replacement for him sometime soon. He's not anticipated to be in his job much longer. Now, Evan, let's talk, let's go back a little bit and talk about Nick Bovis. Now, in my mind, he was always a somewhat sympathetic character in San Francisco because there was this very public fight with his landlord in Union Square and Lefty O'Doul's, which had been there forever. Also, maybe not cleaned as much as the sidewalks, mm-hmm. I would argue, was kicked out. They had to to move the restaurant. Um, but you found a lot of information that maybe he wasn't such a sympathetic guy after all. Right. So everyone has come to know Nick Bovis from, as I mentioned earlier, the Christmas toy yes, drive. Yes, you already, you already <laughs> brought the toy drive and into it. And the corned beef. Yeah, and the corned beef. Um, <laughs> Leave the children but, alone. But Evan. three years ago, Nick Bovis was in a very public dispute over Lefty O'Doul's with the landlord of the building on Geary Street. I believe it's 333 Geary Street. Um, where this uh, famous Hofbrau had resided since 1958. Now, uh, the Bovis family purchased it in uh, 1997, I believe, and uh, it you know, became known as a really uh, beloved establishment in San Francisco. Um, during this public fight and up until the closing uh, three years ago, um, Nick Bovis was this beloved public figure who was on TV news stations. He was interviewed in The Chronicle. He was really elevated to this sort of uh, pseudo-celebrity status for a short period, and he seemed kind of like a happy-go-lucky uh, guy. Well, it turns out, um, we, I did some digging uh, this morning and this afternoon uh, once the revelations of these federal charges came out and learned that Bovis in 1993 was arrested and charged with an armed robbery in Santa Clara County. He ultimately um, was sentenced to five years in state prison on the uh, standalone robbery charge and was released in 1996, which happened to be one year before he came to San Francisco and started his endeavor with Lefty O'Doul's. Now, I'm told from sources that um, he wasn't able to be on the liquor license. He wasn't able to apply for a lot of the uh, official documents. Uh, to have that business, and uh, a lot of it was done through his family. So the story you wrote is fascinating. The entire complaint, uh, the criminal complaint is in there. I want to ask you about one last detail in it, and and this is going back to the airport commissioner who was, uh, who Nuru and Novis, uh, Bovis allegedly tried to bribe with $5,000 in cash. We know this because the airport commissioner didn't take the bribe and and seems to be one of the people complying with that. So I just I want to point that out as a <laughs> as a positive for an airport commissioner not taking a bribe right. in San Francisco. Right. We don't know who the uh, commissioner is. Uh, she is unnamed in the complaint. She can call us in the newsroom <laughs> yes. if she wants yeah. to talk about it. Though. However, um, 
when, according to federal authorities and an undercover agent who was involved in this whole scheme, when uh, Bovis and Nuru pre- presented her with this envelope stuffed with $5,000 cash at a April 4th, 2018 dinner, she declined to take it. So there's that. Good job, airport commissioner. <laughs> good, good, good job, airport commissioner. Uh, Heather, I think everybody has one really pressing question in all of this, and that is, who is going to be in charge of cleaning the streets and the sidewalks now, and are they going to do it? I don't know, but I sure hope so. It can't get much worse than it is. Supervisor Matt Haney is going to propose major changes to the Public Works Department, including splitting it up. He believes it's too big now. It's involved in many um, tasks, including um, building any infrastructure needed um, in the city, as well as cleaning the streets, filling potholes, maintaining streets. And he thinks it's just too much for one person to be in charge of. So that should split apart. And then maybe somebody will actually focus on cleaning the streets. We can always hope. <laughs> Heather Knight, Evan Cernofsky, thank you for being with me today. Thanks for having us. Thank you to King Kaufman for producing this episode. And thanks to all of you for listening. Fifth Emission is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. If you like this podcast, please consider becoming a financial supporter of the largest newsroom in Northern California. You can sign up for a San Francisco Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com slash pod.